0: you know you're happy when you're present in the moment when you're aware of the people you're with and the energy that's around you and you're feeling you can taste your food and you can smell the air and you can not be hogged into what happened yesterday or future tripping on what's coming you're just present in the moment focus, focus, focus. born in 92 on the
1: block with the sharks come from a different cloth y'all would get ripped apart you want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo with the Park. Now we eating from state to state, we scrape the plate. I put my eggs in a basket, took a leap of faith. I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guest now let's bring Matt. Welcome to the show, Matt LaBrie here, your host of the Decoding Success Podcast, episode number 245 with our friend Gabby Bernstein, who you just heard. A quick snippet from now, I know you know Gabby because who doesn't know Gabby? Her incredible work that has impacted so many people, including herself, right? She is such a vulnerable individual. She shares everything that she's been through and goes through. And that is exactly what she's doing here today to make an impact on each and every one of you that's tuned into this. So I want to say welcome to the show. If you are new here, this is your first time tuning in. What a great episode to tune into. And if you're a returning member of our incredible community of listeners, welcome back. Now, to give you some insight on Gabby, she's been on a spiritual path for the most of her life, and it all started with her sitting by her mother's side meditating in ashrams in upstate New York. She had turned to spirituality on and off throughout her teens and early 20s, and you know she was just dabbling around during her darkest hour. But it was spirituality that had saved her in October 2005 when she had hit rock bottom and got sober. That day, the day she chose to become sober, was the day that she became what she likes to refer to as a spirit junkie. She soaked up spiritual principles, meditation practices, and anything else that helped her get aligned with her true purpose, to be a source of love and inspiration in the world today. Now, she is a number one New York Times bestselling author of eight books. Her mission is to help you crack open to a spiritual relationship of your own understanding so that you can live in alignment with your purpose too, just like she's doing. There's many ways that she could help you do that, but no matter where you are on your spiritual path, it all starts with this episode right here, right now. So with Gabby joining us in just a few moments, I want to just share this with you. If you have the opportunity to share this message today, a very vulnerable, a very raw conversation, we talk about addiction, we talk about what spirituality actually is, synchronicities, we talk about the turbulence, the ups and downs of actually healing yourself from big T and little t traumas in life. We talk about all of that. If you have the opportunity to share this with someone, this is an episode that you're going to want to share. And I say that because there's someone out there in your life that really, really needs to hear what's in this episode. And you listening to this, maybe it's you. Maybe you are the person in your life that needs to hear this. That's why you're here. Or maybe it's because you know someone that's struggling deep down. They don't show it on social media. They don't show it when they go out to the dinners and the clubs and all of that stuff, but you want to know what? You know they're struggling. So I'm just urging you to share this with someone in your life. Maybe you do it quietly. Maybe you do it on social media, but I just wanted to throw that out there. And without further ado, we're bringing to you our friend, Gabby Bernstein. Gabby, welcome to Decoding Success. I was actually nervous for this interview. I have never really been nervous ever. 200 plus episodes. I just feel like there's so much to dive into here. So I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Well, you can't be nervous cuz there's a little kitten with us now. <laughs> she's she's like, "Don't be nervous." I love she, it. You see your face? Can you see? Face? <laughs> yeah. She likes to join me sometimes. Yeah, so hopefully she makes makes you less nervous. But don't be nervous. I'm like the most chill person you could ever interview.
1: Here no, we go. No, 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 no. I'm excited. That's what it is. It's it's an excitement, but I actually want to start this off in a rather unconventional way. I've really never done this, but from knowing your work, your books, hearing you on other podcasts, so on and so forth. I'm just really curious to learn what's a question that you wish more people would ask you and how would you answer that?
0: What a nice question. What would I wish more people would ask me. I would like to have people ask me more about what my spiritual life is like.
1: And what is it what like? It,
0: what it means to have a spiritual life. Well, it's really synchronistic and it's really powerful and profound. And it feels like I live in a flow state and things are unfolding naturally and when they're not, because it's not supposed to. And it's faithful and steady and it's sort of buzzy. It feels like there's this like sense of buzziness around me, like, Ooh, things are happening, you know, get excited. And it's not just about things happening. It's just sort of like even natural moments of synchronicity. Mm. And I'm I'm kind of living in it at the moment with something specific and it just feels really good. Now when you fun. say
1: when you say synchronistic, what do you mean by that? Is it like you're looking at the clock and seeing eleven eleven or is it just like things clicking in your life, maybe both?
0: All of the above, yeah. And I I think, you know, there's something recent that I'm showing up for. And I said, I'm not going to do this unless it's easy. Kind of what I said to the universe, like I'm not going to do it unless it's easy. And so that was going to be an answer. You know, if it's not easy, it's not going to happen. Right. And it's been really easy and it's sort of just flowing naturally. And it feels, I feel that connection. And that's so nice because it's such an implication that I'm on the right track.
1: That is a beautiful thing. Now, I'm going to actually flip the table here a little bit. I asked you, what's a question you wished more people would ask you? But I'm curious to learn, what do you think is a question more people should ask themselves when they start to pursue the healing work that you talk about, whether that be healing from traumas or programming or conditioning, so on and so forth?
0: I think that people should start asking themselves, what am I running from? Okay. What impermissible feelings and experiences from my past am I running from? Because all of our coping mechanisms and addictive patterns and fear-based stories are just a form of running from impermissible feelings.
1: Mm. How do you know if you're running from something? Because I mean, I'm 29 now and I only started to explore the inner depths of not being happy and miserable at times at 27. I didn't know I was running. I was so numb. So what's your advice to, I guess, bring awareness to that?
0: What a beautiful way to describe that, that you were so numb, right? So many people are so unaware that they're running, but they are aware that they have bad habits or they are aware that they have physical pain or that they're not sleeping well or that they might be depressed or anxious or addicted or reactive. So all of the above are a sign you're running.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think personally, I mean, does it need to be a two by four in the face type of moment for you to wake up?
0: No, but often that's an easier way to wake up. I know that sounds crazy, but yeah, it's like when the shit hits the fan, as Rumi said, the wound is the place where the light enters you. So that can be a very empowering moment in time where you feel like, well, I'm at my bottom. What else is left? And for me, that was my experience. I was 25 when I hit a really big bottom in my life. I got hit bottom from cocaine addiction. And I got sober at that time. That was the catalyst for the rest of my life. And any other bottom I've hit in my life since then, and there's been several, have all been really big up-leveling moments
1: for me. Now, do you mind talking about that cocaine? Do you mind if we pursue that? Sure, why not? I'm just curious, was your dabbling with coke, was that something that you were just doing for fun at first, or was it something more?
0: Yes, I think it started off as something fun. And then at the time I, I, I started my first company when I was 21, and it was a PR business that represented nightclubs, really at around 20. And 21, it was, my, was a business, but I started promoting parties at 20. And then by the time I was 25, I was deep in that world of party scene, all night out. And a lot of that definitely included cocaine. And so there's two sides of it. One, I was just searching a high, right? And I was following the high wherever it went. And Two was another form of running, but I had no idea what I was running from. And I didn't really even see it as a form of running. I just at first recognized, oh, I'm addicted to a drug. But when you get clean and sober, that's when you begin to start looking at, well, why did I become addicted in the first place?
1: Mm. I also didn't know about the nightlife stuff. We have that in common. I was in New York City nightlife for seven years. That's uh, well.
0: You're a lot younger than I am, so I missed you by a decade. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's. I mean, it's like such a fast-paced life, so I can understand how something like that creeps up. Plus, I mean, I had my own shit, right? Like I would drive drunk every single Friday and Saturday night.
0: Dude, I was driving around New York City in this white beat-up Corolla, up and down. 7th Avenue up to like the night, the, like 10th Avenue bars and whatever in the meatpacking and no, even further up. And I would drive around and like do cocaine in the car. <laughs> like I don't know if mm. I should be saying that publicly now, but like I was a mess. I was a total mess and I was 21 years old and just just not in a good place.
1: Do you ever think about how you, I mean, you survived that, right? So do you ever look at it and be like, holy shit, like as reckless and wild as I was, I survived that. That means I have a purpose here. Do you ever think like that?
0: Yeah, in the beginning of my new book, Happy Days, Happy Days, The Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace. And I have to say the full title because I want people to know what it is, you know, what the promise is. When I open the book, I open the book where I'm in that white beat up Corolla and I'm pressing rewind on my cassette tape That is telling you how much of an age difference we have. And I'm pressing rewind on that cassette tape over and over. And it's a tape of a psychic reading that this psychic had given me five or six months earlier. And I hear her voice and she says, you're struggling with drugs and alcohol. And I respond, it's not that bad. And she says, you have two choices in this lifetime. You can choose to get clean and make a major impact on the world, or you can choose to go down this road of drugs and alcohol and it'll be very destructive. And I listened to it over and over and over and over and over. And it would take me several months after that period of my life to actually get sober. But I didn't know what it would be to make a major impact on the world. But I knew that there was a sense within me that there was so much more. And so, yes, getting surviving addiction, I think, is no accident. That was God's plan for me. But we all do have free will in our life. So we can choose. Am I going to clean up or am I going to keep going?
1: Absolutely, now you mentioned God, and you also mentioned spirituality before. I'm just curious to learn for you personally, like where do the two coincide? Do they run on a parallel track because some people, and I respect everyone's perspective on this, you know some people when they say spirituality they they don't refer to God at all like it's it kind of just greater power
0: yeah, I don't like to get too hung up about semantics, so a higher power of your own understanding, as they say in the twelve steps is such a generous way of inviting people into this conversation and maybe a higher power for you is a religious god or maybe it's the universe or maybe it's a spiritual connection to an ancestor or you know it, it doesn't matter and i don't care what you call it i just pray that people can call upon it whatever it may be for them because having a awareness and a presence of a higher power in your life is the most elevating and freeing and supportive relationship you can have
1: i actually want to touch on the book i know that you just brought it up happy days and when I read the title and I was going through it, I actually said to myself and I asked myself, I'm like, how do you know when you're happy? Mm. And I really paused on that and I said, holy shit, like, how do I know when I'm happy and when I'm not? Because more so, I mean, I could tell you when I'm not happy, right? So I'm curious for someone listening to this, what's your advice for them to identify when it is they are happy? Like, how do you know when you're actually happy?
0: You know you're happy when you're present in the moment, when you're aware of what of the people you're with and the energy that's around you and you're feeling you can taste your food and you can smell the air and you can not be hogged into what happened yesterday or future tripping on what's coming. You're just present in the moment.
1: Mm, that is a beautiful place to ease. be. Yeah. Without a doubt. Now, when you start to pursue, and maybe it's different for you, but when I started to pursue healing stuff from my childhood, when I started to pursue, I mean, big T's, little T traumas, like all of that stuff, I can't say that my days were happy. In fact, no. yeah, like not at all. And just not reliving it, but revisiting what I experienced personally really sucks, so I'm curious to I guess get some advice for the people that are tuned in to embrace that aspect of the journey to get to happier days without being so future focused like you were just mentioning.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful question and And in my book, I talk about big T trauma and remembering big T trauma. When I was 36, I remembered having experience of being abused as a child and not getting all the full details, but being catapulted back into that experience. And the years in between 2016 to the present, I've been on a really devoted journey, devotional journey of undoing that trauma that really fucked up my life in many ways. Right. And this book is how is the journey shares the journey. And to your point, the beginning of that journey fucking sucks, right? Like you are facing impermissible feelings. You're living in a state of terror. You're, you know, it's really scary. But what I say to my readers is it's a lot more scary to keep hiding because I'd so much rather somebody get to this stuff. You know, I have a friend in my life who's 79 and he's just decided to go to treatment for trauma. And he's like, "Am I too old for this?" I said, "Never, no." My only regret is that you didn't get it sooner, you know. But now, go get it done. Go, right. go, go. Get closer to freedom.
1: Now, from someone in your perspective or in your shoes, where you've done a lot of this work on yourself, and when did you, you said it started at 25, correct?
0: It all started really when I was 25 and got sober, and that began the journey. But I didn't know that there was big T trauma there because it was I was I had dissociated from it, so it was it was in my unconscious awareness, but not in my conscious awareness. And I didn't know that until I had a dream at 36 and the memory came back to me. And so it was when I became 36 that I started to do a lot of deep dive trauma recovery, spiritually and therapeutically. And that's what I write about, particularly in this book.
1: Now, how do you personally buy into just like knowing that this work never ends? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say off yourself. Right. God forbid, knock on wood. But like sometimes it just kind of like when I think about that, at least it kind of sucks. It's just like, damn, like this work is continuous.
0: Mm, The work's continuous, but the pain is not.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So the more you show up for yourself, the less suffering you have. And so keep showing up and you have less and less and less suffering and there is total freedom on the other side and i'm living in freedom and inner peace right now do i still have therapy every wednesday do i still have 12 step meetings do i still have a sponsor yes but i feel fucking awesome <laughs> and they say in the 12 you. steps you know like when you get when things get good work your program more right so like don't stop don't ever stop keep shining the crystal but there is freedom on the other side and i can promise
1: you that now do they say to not stop the work when things get good because of Maybe self-sabotage or...
0: Self-sabotage, falling back into old patterns, yeah. all of the above. Yeah.
1: That's so interesting. Forgetting
0: where you came from, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If people pick up this book, I know we're, we're only, we only have a couple more minutes here. If people pick up this book after listening to this, if they could only take one thing away from it, what would you want that thing to be?
0: You have the power within you to feel safe.
1: You have the power within you to feel safe, but what happens if they feel powerless before they start this journey? Open the book. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's that simple. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because the path is laid before them. So here's how it it works. So you feel powerless, but you want to grow. You want to heal. You want to learn how to self-soothe. You don't want to be stuck in that fear cycle anymore. You're listening to us and you're still listening, you know, 20 minutes in. So there's a desire so whether it's my book or somebody else's but in this instance we're talking about happy days so you have a spark of interest go to Amazon and you listen and you listen to that book or read that book and just keep reading because that's I believe that our higher power works through podcasts works through books works through friends works through something they might hear you say so if someone's still listening this is a sign that there's a desire to heal and that there's direction in front of them problem often is is that people are like I need help I want a miracle I want to feel better then they get to the podcast, they hear about it, the author, the teacher, whoever it is, they don't fucking do anything with it.
1: Why do people so, stay away from doing that work?
0: It's terrifying. Yeah. It's, it's terrifying, but I really believe it's far more terrifying to live in that hidden state.
1: So let me ask you this question, Gabby. I've asked this twice on the podcast before, and I've had one answer one way, another answer another way, but I'm curious to learn. Do you think everyone is meant to actually heal? Yes. You do? Yes. Why?
0: I think that we all have the same love and the same core innocence within us, but we all have experienced different forms of trauma that have separated us from that presence of love. Okay. And we all can make the decision in life to keep running from that presence or to return to it. And if you choose to return, then everything you need to get there will be presented to you And then the next step is to choose to show up for what is presented so that you can heal.
1: Right. So everyone has the ability to heal without a doubt. I agree with that. I just, from personal experience, like I look at my parents, right? They're 50 something. Oh, not
0: everyone will heal.
1: Not everyone will heal. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, I just look at the people in my life and I'm like, listen, you know what you have to do. Like not going to do it. Not gonna do it, whether that be an ex-girlfriend, parents, friends. I'm just like, all right, you know, but I I appreciate that perspective because I do believe that everyone has the ability to do so. It's just a matter of them actually doing it. That's right. You know, yeah. I love that. If you can only be remembered, now you crush everything you want to do in life, write as many books, hop on as many podcasts, as many stages. You could only be remembered for one piece of advice. What would that be?
0: She made me feel good. I felt good in her presence.
1: Mm. So you're referring to people walking away, walking away and saying
0: in her presence, I felt good. I felt seen. I felt soothed.
1: What does that take from you? I could assume vulnerability, you being raw, as you're mentioning, just feeling seen and stuff. But what does that take from you to actually be able to allow someone to feel that?
0: I have to feel that
1: first. Do you feel that? Fuck yeah. (laughs) I love that. How long did it take for you to get there though? Forty-two years. You do <laughs> no. I, listen. I'm not looking for brownie points. You don't look forty-two if you're telling me that's what your age is. So we could also go into the beauty secrets because. Thank um... you.
0: I, I have to thank you so much because you know you turn forty and you're like oh I'm still kind of young and then you start to like get into your early forties and you're, and and I did this talk last night with this beautiful comedian you probably know her Lily Singh and yes. I held a. I talked for her book and she kept being like, Well, when you get older, guys, you're going to learn this because she's a really young audience, you know? And I was like, Lily, how? I'm like, You're 33, lady. Like, (laughs) I was like, (laughs) Stop talking about me (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think that you do look, I've been clean and sober 16 years. So that definitely added years to my life. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Added a lot of good looking skin, you know? Things, Uh, things for sure, better when you take care of yourself. That's for sure.
1: Do you feel like life is kind of just starting for you at this point now?
0: Yeah, you know, I interview a lot of people who are growing our business really rapidly. And, you know, people are like, wow, you've done so much. And this business is, you know, business is great. You've done so much. And I'm like, I don't even think we've scratched the surface. Like, I think we're just starting what we're doing here. That's professionally and personally. Yeah, I have a three year old. So I have a lot, of, a lot of days ahead of me as a parent, <laughs> a wife. And yeah.
1: What has your three year old taught you?
0: Pretty much every important lesson I've ever needed to learn. He's taught me presence, he's taught me fun. He's taught me focus. He's taught me a deep, deep empathy and compassion. And he's taught me how to really hold space for big emotions with just so much love and compassion and care and to put emotions first. He's obviously taught me how to be a mother.
1: I love that. Now, when it comes to your personal healing journey, how do you feel like that's impacted you in business? Because I could relate to that question in so many ways being that I wouldn't be able to accomplish many things because I didn't think I deserved it, right? So even mm. if I did get it, I lost it. So I'm just curious, do you have anything mm. like that in your life?
0: Yeah, for me it wasn't that I didn't think I deserved. I always believed in my work and I believed in my ability to to really show up. So manifesting Career successes and things wasn't the issue for me. It was really leading, leadership, because I had to learn how to be a powerful inner, inner leader for my own internal system and at my own all the parts of who I am before I could properly lead a team. And so, to most properly answer that question, I would say go. I won't really suggest this, but you know, go ask my team from four years ago what I was like as a leader. And that's my team now, what I'm like as a leader. And my team from four years ago would, I think, all say, you know, she's a really good person and, you know, we believed in what she's doing, but working for her was really difficult because I was really triggered all the time. I was, you know, living with unresolved trauma and PTSD and leading a team from a very childlike part, a very scared place. Whereas now, as a result of my recovery, I am the adult in the room. You know, we all are adults and I'm attracting adults and I'm attracting you know, really smart people that just want to do good work and want to solve interesting problems. And and I have really strong boundaries and I have a lot of respect for my team and I practice radical honesty and nonviolent communication and internal family systems therapy with my team, you know, and that's four years new, you know, three years, years—it's really three years new, two and a half years new, really the beginning of COVID, we really made some changes. And so I have a team today that respects me and feels very safe with me. And I don't think that was always the case.
1: What does it take to bring conscious leadership into business like that? Because I mean, I've worked for people in the past where, I mean, it's almost hard to expect a boss per se to get to know someone on that level, right? Like I never had a boss that was like, Matt, let's sit down and let's talk about what you've been through in life. So I know how to relate and know how to lead you.
0: I don't really know that that's what's necessary because you want to have boundaries with your boss and your employees and whoever, and you don't necessarily need to be like, here's every detail of my life. But if the you want the leadership to have done their own inner work, because when I have the awareness of my all, my, all the parts of who I am and I can have a strong foundation of inner leadership, so I have the foundation of this compassion for myself and curiosity and calmness, and I live from that place and then I'll lead from that place. and. The more I lead from that place, the less triggered and activated the people around me will be. So it's not my job to go fix all their triggers. They can go read my books, but it's it's my job to be a presence that's safe and secure and soothing and, you know, really be curious and compassionate towards these people that I work with so that they can feel safe in my presence so that they can do creative work. That safety also involves truth, truth telling, you know, it's not always easy, but I have to tell the truth. I practice radical honesty. And so I, but it comes from my relationship to myself. And then also we attract our likeness. So I've done a lot of work on myself. So I've attracted a team of extraordinarily healthy people. Everyone's got their shit, but like attracted adults that want to do good, cool work.
1: I love that. I know I only got you for a couple more minutes. So I'm going to let everyone know that book, socials, website, all that good stuff is in the show notes of this, but do you have anything else going on that we should make people aware of?
0: I mean, I have so much going on, man, but I think right now my biggest prayer is that someone pick up this book and follow the guidance. Happy days because this book changes changes you on a molecular level. I can promise that.
1: I love that. Well, Gabby, I want to make sure I'm getting you out of here on time. Thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to amplify your message. Definitely appreciate it.
0: You're so lovely and you're you're such a great interviewer and it's, it's wonderful to have connected with you like this. Thank you.
1: Thank you. You have just tuned into episode number 245 here on the Decoding Success podcast featuring our friend Gabby Bernstein. And as mentioned within the episode, You can connect with Gabby through the show notes, as always, her socials, her website, her books, all of that good stuff is in the show notes of this episode. But I actually want to replant the idea I had mentioned in your mind in the beginning of this episode where I had said, you are here right now listening to this episode for a reason. And that reason may be because you love Gabby and her work and her words, which is great. The other reason may be because it was the next podcast that downloaded on your iPhone. But even deeper than that. You were here because you needed to hear something in this episode. You may have needed to hear it for yourself, whether that be about addiction, whether that be about big and little t traumas, whether that be about embracing the turbulence of a healing journey, whatever it may be. You might have needed that for yourself, but I want you to play with the idea that you heard this today because someone in your life that may be in pain, that may be hiding that pain, really, really need, or maybe they're actually not hiding that pain, right? That's a possibility too. You have the ability to be a beacon of light in their life today by sharing this with them. Maybe there is something in this episode that will really, really hit home with them. You now have the ability to share it, whether that be indirectly or directly, whether that be through a text message or social media, whether that be through word of mouth, whatever the case is, you now have that power to be a beacon of light. And I really want you to own that power. I really, really want you to own that power and share this with two people, three people in your life, because that will be so, so powerful and so, so impactful. You have the ability to make an impact. So I'm urging you to do that. And even beyond that, as always, subscribe to the show, smash that subscribe button if you haven't yet so that you're notified every Wednesday when we drop an episode. And beyond that, leaving a rating and review if you have not done that yet allows us to continue to bring friends just like Gabby here onto the show. It allows us to grow our incredible community of listeners, which is exactly why you're listening to it. But beyond that, until next Wednesday, everyone, be blessed. Peace.